I want to start this morning by just saying thank you uh, to everyone who prayed for our family this week. Uh, you sent flowers, you, you sent emails, you sent cards, you sent text messages, and uh, we just want you to know that we felt your prayers. Uh, our family felt your prayers this week, and um, we were so strengthened and encouraged by your words to us this week. If you didn't hear, um, Charlotte's dad, his name was Larry, Larry Black, he passed away unexpectedly this week uh, on Monday, February 6th. We um, were in Amarillo early on Monday and uh, we spent all week in Amarillo and and I had the awesome privilege of, of preaching my father-in-law's funeral. Larry was an awesome father to Charlotte. He was an amazing grandfather to my three boys and my daughter-in-law. But more importantly, he was an incredible Christian man. He was more than a father-in-law to me. He was my spiritual father. He was there when I was saved, and he has walked with me my entire Christian walk. We had a Paul and Timothy relationship um, till the very end, and I, and I was so honored to, to, to preach his funeral uh, he was one of the most humble, quiet men that I, I ever knew, but he was so mighty with the Word of God. The 32 years that I knew him, he read the Bible through each year for all 32 years. And he probably read it more than that. He was a believer for over 50 years. And this morning, I want to pay tribute to his life uh, by passing on to you some of the most valuable things that he taught me when I was a very, very young believer. He taught me early on that the word of God was sufficient. That's what the title of the message this morning is, is the the sufficiency of God's word. He took me at, at a very young age and he said, Scotty, the word is sufficient for everything in your life. Anchor your heart to the word of God and you will not go wrong. These verses that I'm going to share with you today have shaped every part of my life and my doctrine and my discernment. When I came into the family, uh, I was not a believer. And um, in fact, I was a very arrogant, um, very prideful, uh, very uh, ignorant individual. I was a rebel. And uh, he probably should have put a gun to my head. But he knew there was something more powerful. And so he spoke the word of God to me. He didn't give his opinions. He didn't give his twist on things. He didn't give his philosophy. He just gave me the word. This morning, I want you to know that the word is sufficient for all of us. And God wants us to be in that kind of place in our life where we just simply trust in God's word. You know, knowing and trusting in God's word is the same as knowing and trusting in God. It's what he's given us. It's his letter to us. And that's how he was. He just had a simple childlike faith in God's word, and he passed that on. I've got a verse to open with this morning. It's Deuteronomy chapter 6 starting in verse 6. We're going to be all over the place, by the way. So just get ready. Um, 
This is a verse, I think, that uh, really shows how God is calling us to be in relation to his word, starting in verse 6. It says, the words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up, bind them as signs on your hand and as symbols on your forehead. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. The word should be in our hearts, like the text says. It should overflow out of our mouths and into everyday life. That is, that is really a, a picture of, of what Christianity, what, what a mature Christian should look like. And I want to tell you, this verse was my father-in-law to a T. He loved God's word. And he loved God's word because he knew the more he understood of God's word, the more he understood of God. When I was a, an early believer, I was not attending a church that he wanted me to attend, but he never told me that. And uh, he never preached at me, preached down to me, but he did send me a lot of information and uh, about what a healthy church looked like. And uh, he would pass on pamphlets and sermons and he would write me letters and again, he was, he was trying to use the word of God for my benefit. And one of the very early things he taught me that I can remember as clear as like it was yesterday was this idea of the sufficiency of scripture. He told me one time, he says, do you know what the word speaks of its own authority? It speaks of its own sufficiency. And he began giving me verse after verse that would show me this. And it was really the first step uh, in my growth as a Christian. So this morning, we're going to go through some of those verses uh, that he taught me, and we're going to learn what the Word has to say about its own sufficiency. Larry taught me that the Word of God was sufficient to speak to the heart. The Word of God is the instrument that that God uses to speak to our hearts. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. is one of his favorite verses when we would talk early on as I was a Christian. And it says, For the word of God is living and effective. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, it is able to judge the idea and the thoughts of the heart. No creature is hidden from him, but all things are naked and exposed to the eye of him whom we must give accounts. This is an incredible verse that tells us something about God. He's given us his word because God is interested in the heart of man. He's interested in getting to the heart of the matter. The text tells us that the word is effective. It is powerful. It is a sharp double-edged sword. God uses the word of God as a very sharp instrument to cut deep into our hearts. 
It says that the word of God is so powerful that it can separate soul and spirit. Have you ever thought about that? What's the difference between your soul and spirit? I don't know if I'm smart enough to figure that out, but the text tells us the word of God understands the difference and it can cut down and slice down so deep in us that it can even judge and understand our ideas and our thoughts. You see, God is about speaking to our heart and he's given us his word to speak beautiful things into our heart. The word is sufficient to speak to the heart. The word speaks to us in many, many ways. The Lord speaks through this word salvation. 2 Timothy 3.15. This is some of Paul's final words to, to Timothy. And he says this, he says, And you know that from childhood you have known the sacred scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. The word is constantly speaking to us salvation. Timothy was a young man and he read the scriptures. His grandmother and mother came around him and they they read the scriptures together and, and he tells Timothy, hey, remember those scriptures. They spoke to your heart and they made you wise for salvation. You know, there's a lot of great men that, that are like Timothy that the word just spoke and they listened and they responded apart from anyone else. There's a, one of my favorite theologians, a guy named Charles Feinberg. He was the, the former president of Talbot Theological Seminary. He's got a great story. He was a, he was a rabbi. Uh, it, actually, he was a rabbi in training. Uh, he was going to rabbinical school and um, on his way home for the Christmas holidays or the Hanukkah holidays, whatever you want to call it, uh, he gets on a train and a Gideon hands him a Bible. And the Bible is just the New Testament, so the first book in the Bible is Matthew, which is ironic because Matthew is uh, the, the gospel uh, that is very Jewish-oriented. And so Charles Feinberg decides he's going to read the book of Matthew, and he is going to uh, to be able to tear apart this book. And so he reads it once and things start working in his heart. He reads it a second time and he's just blown away by what he's seeing. He read it a third time on this train ride home and he had accepted Jesus Christ as his Messiah. The scriptures spoke to his heart and made him wise for salvation. When Charles got to the end, he told his parents that he'd become a Christian, that he had found the Messiah, and he was immediately blackballed from his family. The word speaks to us salvation. When I was uh, a young man, I was not wise, not not anywhere near uh, a Charles Feinberg. I was a very prideful man, but I always appreciate the fact that... um, when I came to know the Lord, it was just me and the Word of God and the Lord there present. I had a lot of great men around me that witnessed to me and that set good examples, but when it came down to my salvation, it was just me and the Word, and the Word so cut into my heart that I just cried out to God because I knew I was a sinner, and I knew that I needed a Savior. So the Word speaks to our hearts. It speaks salvation. It also speaks sanctification. 
2 Timothy 3.16, just one more verse down in 2 Timothy. It says, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and for training in righteousness. The word testifies to itself, and it says that this word is a roadmap. It's a training manual for Christians, for growing Christians. We don't just get a ticket punch to heaven at salvation, but we are justified. We are proclaimed holy, and then God puts us into a new life where we can read and understand his word. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us that speaks to us and helps us to strive for holiness, to long for holiness. And this scripture tells us that the word of God is for growing Christians. It wants to speak to our heart the things that we need to know, the things that we need to be taught, the things that we need to be rebuked for, corrected for, and it trains us in righteousness. John 17, 17, Jesus prays an amazing prayer for the disciples, and he, and he prays this. He says, In in verse 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Jesus tells us something so amazing. He says the word of God is the sanctifying presence in your life. It will guide you. It will lead you. It will never steer you wrong. And you know, Larry spoke that to to me because he didn't want my faith to be superficial. He didn't want me just to respond to his opinions. He gave me these truths because he wanted to see real heart work take place. He wanted God to speak to my heart. He wanted to see real power, real salvation, and real sanctification go on in my life. I so appreciate that he didn't water things down for me, but he gave me the, he gave me the full word of God. Second thing that, that Larry taught me about the sufficiency of, of God's word is that God's word helps us in prayer. If we want to be effective uh, prayers, we need the word of God in our life. He shared this verse with me one time, Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 14. Very familiar passage of scripture. Um, it talks about the, the spiritual warfare that we have going on and the fact that we need to put on the full armor of God in order to do battle. And it tells us in verse 14 to put the, the belt of truth around your waist and put the, the chest plate of righteousness and have feet that are ready to, to share the gospel and have a, a shield of faith and a, and a helmet of salvation. Then it tells us something real interesting. It says, and then take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray. So this, is, this, this big buildup of all of this armor is so that we pray effectively. And, and, and it's, it's amazing what Paul says after this. He says, pray all the time, pray in the spirit, pray every kind of request, stay alert with all perseverance, make intercession for all of the saints and pray also for me. But I can remember him telling me, the word of God is the sword of the spirit. A lot of times we think it's our sword and we go do battle, but it's actually the sword of the spirits. 
And he said that you've got to take this, just like that double-edged sword in Hebrews, and instead of fighting people with it, you, 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 you drive it down in your own hearts. Because the word and the spirit work hand in hand. You know, Scripture says that we can quench the spirit. We quench the spirit because of sin in our life. And we can't communicate rightly to God. But the word of God is the sword of the spirits. It gets down in the heart. It lays everything open. It helps us to confess sin and confess our weakness. And it helps the spirit to be able to reign and rule in our life. You know, Jesus said, I'll never leave you as an orphan. I'm going to send my spirit to you. It'll be your counselor, your guide. It will guide you into all truth. And the Spirit and the Word of God work hand in hand. The Word cuts and exposes, and the Spirit is able to run free and confirm those truths and help us to walk in godliness, walk in obedience. It also helps us to pray. That's the very purpose of putting on the full armor of God is so that we pray. That's where we do spiritual battle is in prayer. My father-in-law was a, was a prayer warrior. He used to tell me, pray the word of God. Set before the word of God before you ever go into prayer. Drive it down deep in your heart. He knew that praying in your own flesh was a weak prayer, was a prayer that just hit the ceiling. But he knew a prayer that is prayed by the power of the Spirit in the with the help of the word of God, was a powerful prayer. And again, he passed this on to me because he wanted my prayers to be effective. He wanted my heart to be engaged with the Lord in prayer. So thankful, again, that he did not water that down for me. Third thing he taught me, he said, The word is sufficient for everything in life and everything that pertains to godliness. This is a a really amazing verse, 2 Peter 1.3. I got to share this verse at his funeral service on Wednesday. 2 Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. This is probably the greatest self-attesting verse of, the, of, of God's sufficiency in the word in all of scripture. Now we gotta break it down just so you understand uh, what the verse is saying. Basically it says that God's divine power has given us everything we need for life. Okay, God's power has given us everything we need for life and godliness, okay? Anything that happens in life, we can handle it because God has given us everything we need. The the key thing to understand here is that how do we get that? How do we receive that? And the verse tells us, it says, he's given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him, okay? Okay? Our knowledge of him, where do we get knowledge from him? We get knowledge from him through the word of God. 
That's how we learn who God is through the scriptures. That's how we learn what he's like. That's how we learn his attributes is through the scripture. And so really this verse is telling us is that the word in your life helps you. It helps you handle any and every situation in life. It teaches us everything we need to know about how sinful we are, about how dark this world can be, and about how we can be a godly presence in this world. It's an amazing text of scripture. This means that we can handle everything. Now there are some, even in Christian circles, that think that the Bible cannot handle certain contemporary problems. You know what else the Bible says? The Bible also says in Ecclesiastes that there's nothing new under the sun. (laughs) There may be new forms or new names of sin, but every sin has a root cause, and the Bible speaks and can address any of those sins, can address any of those problems. Second Peter, or excuse me, First Peter three fifteen says that we ought to honor the Messiah in our own hearts and always be ready to give a defense to anyone who asks the reason for the hope that we have. That's a great apologetic verse, but that verse is, is telling us that, that we should always be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have. That means that we should always have an answer. And my father in law always had an answer. I remember when I was when I was with him as a, as a young believer and he would ask me these questions, I always thought, maybe I could outwit the old guy. Um, and so I'd ask him a question and then he would give me the answer through scripture. A lot of times it didn't take very long. Sometimes it may take a few days, but he would always come back with the answer and he would always show me how he came to that answer. And he would very patiently walk me through text of scripture so that I didn't just take his word for it. I understood it for my own, my my own mind understood it. He wanted to impart this amazing truth to me so that when I tested it and it proved right, that would just build my faith more and more. It was an amazing time, amazing 32 years that I got to experience with my father-in-law. These are the most important scriptures that he ever passed on to me. And uh, he lived this. And I I asked myself this last week, I said, why, you know, why did he do this? How, you know, how did it actually work? I was just amazed that how he interacted with me actually worked. And so I was asking God these questions and couple of stories that I'd got to hear about him over the weekend, uh, you know, helped me to see this. Larry was a rebel also. Um, he had a similar past that I had. He was a rebel uh, that experienced the word of God and the effect of the word of God in his own life. He wasn't preaching uh, and sharing out of something that he didn't know. He was sharing out of something that he saw work in his life so amazingly. And um, uh, he wanted to pass that on. His dying wish was that I preach the gospel at his funeral because he did not want one member of his family 
to not hear and understand the gospel. And I'm so blessed that he entrusted that to me. After Larry retired about 11 years ago, he poured his life into his family. He poured the word of God into his family. And there was some amazing things that we got to witness over the week. Charlotte has an older sister that uh, came to the Lord just a few years ago. And it was, it was the fruit of Larry's labor. Uh, her three sons also came to the Lord in the last few years because of Bible studies that he taught and things that he passed on to them. He spent his retirement days pouring God's word into our family. And not only that, Larry uh, is known by several congressmen in the United States because he wrote several papers to congressmen defending the sufficiency of scripture and defending what God's word had to say about marriage and abortion uh, and, and even our second amendment rights. He was passionate and he believed in this word so much so that he would speak and write letters to those congressmen. He would also write letters to his family. And every letter we found out had different Bible verses. I got to go through a little notebook this week that had uh, different letters to different. He, he, would, he would do a, 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 uh, a rough draft in a little spiral notebook, and we got to see that. And in every uh, one of those letters, there was different Bible verses used. He would use verses out of numbers. I can't believe that. Can you believe that? He would encourage somebody through the book of Numbers. Uh, but that's how well he knew the word. And uh, that was his life. Again, a verse I think that kind of sums him up, Romans 1.16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation. He believed that. He wasn't ashamed of the gospel. He wasn't ashamed of any part of the word of God. It was life-giving manna from heaven. He passed it on to co-workers, family members, and he passed it on to me because he knew that the word of God speaks to the heart. He knew the word of God speaks salvation to the heart. It speaks sanctification to the heart. It helps us to pray effectively and it is sufficient for every situation. God has lovingly passed that on to us he passed it on to Larry, and Larry passed it on to me, and that's all I'm doing today is just passing on his words to you today. We're going to have a response time in just a minute, and I just, I just want to encourage you that, you know, during the song to respond to God's word. That's what God wants, and you may be in a situation where you have not heard God speak to your heart in a long time. Well, I want you to know God wants to speak to your heart today. It may not be during this song. It may be while you're alone with your word. He wants to speak to your heart. He may want to speak salvation to you today. The word of God is uh, the gospel of God. It is the good news that Jesus Christ came and he was the substitute for your life. He took all of the punishment that was due us. He placed it on himself so that you can be saved. Scripture says that if you confess with your mouth 
that he is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He might be speaking that to your heart today. He might be speaking to you about sanctification. Maybe you're struggling. Or maybe you have not even started the process of sanctification. The word of God is the starting point for that. I pray that you would respond by reading his word. Maybe you're struggling with your prayer life. Maybe you feel like God doesn't hear your prayers. Get in the word of God and have those prayers line up with God's will. You may be in a bizarre circumstance, a hopeless circumstance. You think that God can't even deal with it, can't even touch it. Well, I'm here to tell you today, God can deal with any situation and his word is sufficient to deal with anything that has to do with your life. I pray that you would take that in this morning and you would respond to him.